correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. Hello everyone, this is Tom from Shared Sagas. I just wanted to start off this week's episode with a shout out to a brand new podcast on the D20 radio network of shows, and that is What Comes After. So What Comes After is a Genesis RPG actual play podcast, obviously part of our network. The tagline is as follows. The world as we know it ended in the mid-1980s, when billions of people died at once. Five years later, four survivors discover that everything is about to change again. Check them out. You're listening to Shared Sagas, an Australian RPG actual play podcast. This podcast features adult language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, so, as we actually open our scene today, as we begin our mini-series of masks, we see the interior of an old English boarding school-style classroom. Huge, well-maintained, clean, windows to the right that overlook some beautiful, lush, green, verdant, grassy fields. We see the front, a classic chalkboard, no whiteboard here, actual good old-fashioned chalkboard, and we can see a very prim and proper looking middle-aged woman. You know this of course as Ms. Platinum, who is your powers and ethics teacher. At the present time she has a couple of key philosophers written up on the board and she drolls on and on and on about various things. She has an uncanny ability to describe even the most exciting of subject matters in the most painfully boring tone of voice. You wonder in fact if this is her superpower. You look around at your classmates, there's probably about 20 or so kids in this particular class of varying ages, all five of you are present of course. Bit of an odd group actually. Uh, Now the school houses separate you by power class, but these particular classrooms are cross-classed, co-ed and also mixed age. And so she, as mentioned, is sort of a middle-aged woman, she's got sort of tan skin, her dark hair is going grey and is tied up in a very severe bun on top of her head, she has thin reading glasses style spectacles, she has a very uh, sort of very prim and proper well-pressed grey pantsuit and she sits there you know drawing and droning on. Honestly most of you have probably zonked out by this point. Can I just get a quick, a quick just a, a five second description of your character and also what they're doing in this long and boring classroom. Let's start with Phoenix. I mean, he's taking some notes. Like, the not taking notes and everything, but like the major bullet points and is really trying his best to focus, but is every now and then is just like starts staring out the window and like he's he's... He's trying his hardest, but this is not working for him. Fantastic. So, what colour are the, are the school's colours? Because that'll, that'll actually describe what you're all wearing, because you're all wearing private sco- public school uniforms. Blazers and so forth. I feel like we're stilling into uh, Arthurian side of things. What is it? White and red? White and red? Blue with some gold trim. Fantastic. Yeah. So, you have white and red, you know, school blazers on and so forth. I imagine that they're all nicely, you know, pressed and upkept. You're very new to the school. You've only been here for a, a couple of days at most. It's probably like a lion-like. Yeah, you got the yeah. crest here, the tie, the yeah. whole... Fantastic. And Ricochet, are you paying attention? Who are you sitting next to? What are you doing? Basically, she's tr- she, she's sitting in a position where she's, she's drifting in and out of sleep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. vaguely fantasizing about the two trolley problem and really wishing she could just roll the trolley 
over herself to get out of this class. <laughs> I can just teleport to either of them. That's amazing. Harold. <laughs> I will be up the back where I always am. Okay. Easy access, oh, obviously. Yes. Mm-hmm. And seeing that the chalk and talk method of teaching is in full swing, mm-hmm. I will be concentrating, as I always do, very on my uh, left hand, trying to, you know, reshape it into a proper hand. Oh, wow, okay. Which and of course, your, your wheelchair present, and you're trying to maybe grow your legs. Bit inch, by bit, inch but by at the inch. moment, yeah. yeah, it's just lots of little feet and toenails are coming out of these stumps of my legs. So Fantastic. I've kind of abandoned that for now. Hinge. What are you doing, Hinge? <laughs> hey, you. Um, <laughs> hinge it up. Sure. Sorry, classic hinge. Classic hinge. <laughs> Boy. Hingey. Shut up. Mm. All right. Just bands it, don't worry about me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so Hinge yeah. uh, has his phone on record. He's going to go onto Fiverr at some point and pay someone to type it up into transcript. But the intent of studying those notes, but probably actually won't. What he's more interested in studying is the access of various heroes and villains. Okay. That uh, his mentor, Volcrum, has made available, looking to review, you know, strength and weaknesses which seems like a better use of my time frankly frankly and so what does what does hinge look like i mean as far as just general high cheekbones blonde hair that's been um you know that's cut like each week powerful athletic build so you know wide shoulders narrow hips it's peter from lion witch in the wardrobe yeah very much so clean (laughs) yes schoolboy quite (laughs) indeed and when not transformed harold what does harold look like oh okay um so before he before the changes uh very so right now you're misshapen i'm misshapen i I was unremarkable as i was saying before he he was an okay looking kid you know brown brown hair parted across you know average height Never thought of himself as particularly good looking, but of mm-hmm. course now in hindsight realizes, you know, just that he was. He's so, absolutely fine. You know, he, he did not have godlike good looks by no, any means, no. but he was. It's a curse. And and Ricochet, uh, Japanese American. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have like long hair, short hair? Do you do you keep sort of neat and tidy, or do you have a more relaxed? You know, use your tie a little bit loosened, not used to a British public school. So, long hair, but an undercut. Okay, Um, At the moment, keeps it in a bun just to kind of keep it out of the way. That makes sense. Yeah. Good stuff. And, of course, uh, sorry, Phoenix, you are a a beautiful Middle Eastern lad, but apart from that, do you have, like, long flowing locks, or do you have, like, a buzz cut or a faux hawk? Like, what do we... I'd say, like, medium-length hair that just, Uh just... it falls into place. <laughs> he sort of like runs his hands through it every morning, and you're, it's just like you're done. all out of bed, and it's just like it's. Are you like? Coiffed. Are you like Aladdin? Oh yes! <laughs> oh my god! Like that actor just, that plays Aladdin, who's just beautiful. Yeah, amazing. he's like, yes, I'm a starving urchin. Muscles, <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. That's awesome. And uh, uh, finally, Lantana. Oh, Eclipse now. Eclipse, sorry. Eclipse. What are you... Where are you sitting? Who are you sitting next to? Are you paying attention or not? What are you doing? Uh, she is sitting right up the front and centre. Um, <laughs> she's actually paying attention. Keep an eye on teacher. Uh, she's taking lots and lots of notes. She is you know, always the first to put her hand up when the question is asked. She's very attentive and is the kind of person who looks like quite stressed all the time mm-hmm. about making sure she's she's achieving that's amazing uh in terms of her her overall look she's wearing 
the normal boarding school uniform but she's got under her uh, under her blouse you know those the stockings that kind of go the arm stockings oh, that yes, the go golf. up around uh -huh. the, the finger as well cool and her her shoes are not regulation they are definitely <laughs> Doc Martens definitely Doc Martens uh, she obviously has quite dark skin she mm -hmm. actually has completely black eyes oh wow um, okay. since since the ritual okay. um, and she has uh, like white hair oh, so not like trendy platinum silver no. blonde hair like white hair which is um, quite shortly cropped okay that's really cool and so <laughs> Ms. Platinum continues to draw on and then stops turns around and points at a, uh, a young scruffy red-headed lad in the front row who is acting up and you know whispering to his companion and companion she says it's enough out of you we should discuss the ethics of talking in class at a later point. Now, back to Regulation 4 and why this caused a lot of disruption during the Korean War. At that moment, at that moment there is a knock on the door. Come in, Miss Platinum says, turning around, very irritated. In walks Mordred. She has a very, very tight, very, very fake smile plastered across her face. She has got jet black hair, big bright blue eyes and pale skin with a couple of fashionable freckles. Uh, she looks very much like a model and she, her school uniform is just pristine. Of course, the dress is cut maybe half an inch higher than regulation to show off her long legs. And she has her hands clasped behind her back as she walks forward with a very polite little half bow as she enters the classroom and says oh I'm so sorry to interrupt but I, I do have a note from the principal she says looking at Ms. Platinum and handing mm. forth a note which is you know neatly you know folded over Miss Platinum just kind of looks a little puzzled and steps forward and takes the note and opens it up and looks at it and says oh, all right then as this happens Mordred very, very pointedly turns and gives each and every one of you a very pointed stare and a little sly smile. Hmm. Ricochet raises, <laughs> raises her fingers. Raises the middle Flips of her fingers. of them. All okay. the forks because we're in the UK. Yeah. Her, her, <laughs> oh no, she's American. Right, of course. So she does. She does the. Uh, she hasn't adapted to the uh, to the local flipping of the bird yet. <laughs> so she, she hasn't acclimatized yet. So. Mordred just settles on you in particular then and gives you like a raised eyebrow and the smile disappears. Miss Platinum says, Oh, I say, well, it would appear that there is an emergency on the school oval. It appears that uh, Mr. Ephemeris' continuum experiment has gone a little uh, haywire. Again, I am trusting you to behave yourselves. Miss Park, would you please remain and uh, look after the class in my absence? Of course I will, Miss Platinum, she says with a very, very fake smile. I'll be back in 15 minutes or three hours or possibly yesterday. You never know with these disruptions. It depends on how much the continuum has uh, corrupted the force fields and bled into our reality. You don't need to know the details, but I'll be back shortly. She turns and just, as she does so, she shifts and actually becomes living platinum metal. But she doesn't morph or change her shape. She still has platinum spectacles and a platinum mm. pantsuit. <laughs> uh, as she does so, her density is such that she begins to crack the actual stone floor that you're standing on. Uh, but as she walks away, leaving little cracks with every super heavy footprint, she just points a finger behind her and using terrakinesis or stone manipulation, just kind of heals... Lithokinesis. Lithokinesis. I imagine. Uh, just kind of 
heals the ground as she walks out. Everyone just sort of sits there and looks. A few people who have not seen this power before kind of raise an eyebrow. Most of the kids here, of course, have been here all year and so are used to such phenomena. As that occurs, of course, Mordred turns to each of you, in particular, is going to turn to Ricochet because of the flipping of the bird and then, <laughs> and then smirks at you and then with hands clasped behind back still starts to wander all over towards you. And she says, new kids coming in mid-term that can only mean one thing that you fucked up probably really badly so since teacher's gone for a while i thought we might liven things up and have a bit of a show and tell eh what is your story she points at you in particular get up in front of the class yankee tell us all about why you're here ah. Um, Chester will sort of say, not like super loudly, but like very clearly, she can't actually make you do this. You don't have to do it if you don't want to. She has no authority here. Okay, she, with that, she does not, she does not like that at all. And you a couple of kids in the class are like, <laughs> give out sort of a, and she walks over to your desk and just sort of plants a hand on it in an authoritative gesture and says, I think you'll find I have much more authority here than you think. I think you'll find you have much less authority here than you think. And as far as making people do what I want, I think you'll also find that that comes very easily to me. Watch yourself, new kid. You have potential, unlike some of these other useless twats. I hate to see you fall off the wrong road, off the road to excellence. If you're the definition of excellence, then I'd rather <laughs> fall off the road. Oh my. So... <laughs> This is going to trigger our, I think, <laughs> is going to trigger our first roll of the game. So the Ooh, way that she was bullying my friends. So this Aww. is so this is how this game works, and all apocalypse games work is that the fiction, what you do, triggers one of the moves, and the moves in this game are basically just everything that we roll dice for. It's as simple as that. There are lots of things that you'll do in the game that you don't roll dice for. The moves do not cover every single thing that your character can do, but if it matters whether you succeed or fail, and if it's interesting if you succeed or fail, that's when we go to the dice. It is always the same basic idea when it comes to the core rolling mechanic. You are always going to roll two d6, just two regular d6, and you are always going, or in most cases, are going to add one of your labels. And the simple core outcome chart goes like this. If you roll and you get 10 or higher, whatever you're trying to do, you do it. No problem. Good work. It's done. If you get a 7 to 9 result, that's the medium result, what that normally means is that you do it, but there's a cost, a consequence, or a complication of some kind. So yes, you do the thing, but it's not quite to the effect that you want it to be, or you do it to full effect, but there's some added complication or wrinkle that make, makes things more interesting. And if your overall result is a six or below, then that means that I get to do one of my GM moves. Mm -hmm. And that's always going to make life more difficult for you. Mm -hmm. Once again, it doesn't even necessarily mean that you fail, it, but it m will mean that if you do succeed at all, then you succeed at a heavy cost. In most cases, you will fail to do something and something bad will happen. So, this seems to be triggering the basic move of provoking someone. Mm -hmm. So this is your, and you'll notice because you're teenagers, this isn't, this isn't convince someone, it's provoke someone, because that's typically how these things work when you're a teenager. So basically this is your general in social interaction check, okay? When you provoke somebody who is susceptible to your words, and I'm gonna say that she is, I can say that certain people are beyond you provoking them. Mm. She's a school bully, so she has some stature, but you are a legacy. And so you are somebody that she actually wants to sort of get on side. 
she she kind of wants you probably wants you in her main group and so i will definitely say that you at least have the ability to provoke them so at the very least your peers so i mean i feel like my legacy is it's hard to tell which is older i think we all kind of know that my legacy is first you know birthplace (laughs) of civilization and all that okay so in this particular case uh you are going to roll the two dice and you are going to add your superior because that is what you typically use to provoke Mm -hmm. someone so tell me tell us all phoenix what is what is your superior how superior are you uh my superior is zero okay so you're very average at you know putting people in their place and telling people that they're this isn't really your forte it's something you feel you want to do rather than go to blows with uh, mordred but essentially this kind of thing isn't your forte but that's okay that's okay i'm i'm a i'm a defender and I defended too hard and uh, pulled that group. <laughs> and now I've found myself slightly out of my depth. All right, so, so let's have a look here. So you are going to roll 2d6 and you are going to add zero. Now, it is worth noting at this point that there is a one more resource that you can use. And that's actually a very important resource for this particular game. And that is the team pool. Mm-hmm. So this is very much not about teenage individual superheroes, but about a young superhero team. Every session begins with one team in the team pool. And then normally when you go into battle with a foe, then there's a whole bunch of extra factors that add extra team to the pool. This isn't really going into battle with a foe yet. If you all decide to jump her, then that's when we'll whip out those rules. But for now, <laughs> there is one team in the pool and you don't have to spend it beforehand. You can roll and see how you go. But it's important to know that if anybody wants to jump in after Phoenix gets his results and wants to add plus one to his roll, as long as you explain how you're helping, you get to do that. Simple as that. It's all, it's all narrative. So if you can narratively explain you're there, here's how I help, then you get to spend team, which means that Phoenix will get to add to his roll if he needs to. Who knows? Maybe you'll roll a 12 and you won't need anything. Let's have a look. Roll a dice and add zero. Oh, this is going to end badly. Correct. Six. Okay, so this is really important. So this is a six. So this is a classic example of how even just one from the team pool will change the result of this from a six and under to a seven to nine. And I gotta be honest with you, as with most Apocalypse World games, you kinda want most of the rolls to be seven to nine. 10 plus mm-hmm. is kinda boring if that's all you do. Mm. You, a, a, a lot of the story develops by having all these complications come up with, yeah, you still do it, but like something weird happens, right? So uh, does anybody want to, to chip in and explain how they add their two cents to help out provoke Mordred? And actually I should, I should clarify, what you tell me meta-wise in game, whenever you want to provoke someone, you you just you tell me, Tom, what you're trying to get them to do. So what your character says and what you actually want as the result can be completely different. So for example, you could say to somebody, uh, oh yeah, why don't you just hit me? Why don't you just hit me, you coward? Yeah. You don't actually want the person to hit you. You want them to back down mm. and regret it and walk mm. away, right? So in this case, what, what would you like Mordred to do? It sounds like what you want Mordred to do is just stop antagonizing Ricochet. Yeah, I wanted to shut the fuck up and sit down. But I can't tell her to do that, partially because that would be impolite. No. So, um, so, so what I'll say is that your goal, your outcome here, will be that, at the very least, she will divert her attention from Ricochet, maybe onto some other poor fool. Yeah. But for now, it's all... But we'll see. Did anybody want to help? And if so, describe how. Um, will... So, is she trying to provoke me? No, well, okay, so, to be clear... Just mechanically speaking. Mechanically, the the NPCs just do fictional stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, you might say that, yeah, she's trying to... What what you think is that she wants you to do what she's she's telling you to do. She's trying to assert her dominance. She's trying to get you to go up and actually explain. Because she's probably genuinely curious. Because nobody in here knows that you 
are the team of youngsters that caused the incident, right? Oh, aren't they? So, no, Ooh. that's all a secret. That that's very deliberately a secret. Okay. So you said our names and faces were plastered all over the. Yeah. Well, your sub, your previous identities were. Identities were. Ah, uh, okay. For those that don't, they were obscured. Yeah, obscured or retcon. So the core conceit is: look, look, people can find out. But, yeah, okay. But most people, it's assumed that most people don't know who you are. Yeah. Sam, do you have a thing? Or um, no, because here's the thing: I was going to use one of my moves. You now, bear in mind, you never say no. that you're going to use a move. No. Ah. You just describe in fiction what you're going to do. And if that triggers a move, that's so great. That's oh, okay, awesome. Now, obviously, you can look at moves and say, well, yeah, I'd like to do that move. But mm. rather than saying, like, so for example, you would never ever say, I'd like to directly engage a threat. Yeah. What you would say is, I'm going to walk up to Mordred and I'm going to headbutt her. In fiction, just in, in, in narrative terms, what would you like to do? I'd like to hold off for the moment. That's right. cool. That Anybody case... else want to jump in? <laughs> All right. So as established previously, I'm recording the lecture so as to take notes. Nice. <laughs> so I, I hit pause, I hit rewind, and then I hit play as I kick the volume up uh-huh. where she starts calling Ricochet a twat. Oh, nice! <laughs> okay, so she, that does not look good. It looks like you, so that, that first of all, that'll definitely bring it to a 7 to 9. So mm-hmm. let's let's have a look at what that means. So, when you provoke somebody on a 10+, plus, they rise to the bait and they do what you want. Done. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Uh-huh. On a 7 to 9, they can instead choose one. They stumble, so they still do what they want, not what you want, but you take plus one forward against them. They err, which means that you gain sort of a critical opportunity against them, or they overreact and you gain influence over them. And I am going to say that that is the most fun thing to happen. So, first of all, she does turn away from Ricochet entirely. She is all about Hinge right now. So she... I feel like Hinge and I are sitting next to each other. Yes, I would agree. So she just turns to you... Just with a- absolute daggers pouring out of her eyes, not literally. It's important to clarify. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and so, and My so eyes. she says, she slams her fist down on the table and it cracks your desk. And she says, "All right, you have my undivided attention. Point made. Give me your phone." Oh, I think not. However. If you were to return to the class at hand, I could be persuaded to hit delete and ensure that it doesn't make its way to the cloud or the school admin bulletin board. Oh my, that is very, very good. So now, Hinge, you have influence over her? Fair enough. Uh, I think you'll find he has leverage over her. (laughs) That's the joke I was going to make. Oh, so funny. (laughs) So sorry, Ben. She is going to just stare at you and is going to do that. Now, it sounds like you're trying to provoke her. You're trying to, uh, once again, trying to get her to do it. I would say yes, that's a very reasonable question. To make her unhinged. Okay. So, if you would be kind enough to also roll and add your superior. Superior? And what is your superior? Superior is a plus two. That's pretty good, yeah. However, that still only gets me to a six, I'm afraid. Oh my, and there is no more team in the pool. There is no more team in the pool. Okay, so that's, that is an absolute failure. So what's going to happen here yes. is she is going to get very, very panicked. She's going to, she's going to basically look at you and say, no, I would be ruined. Mm-hmm. I'd be ruined! But she flips out that's... and all of a sudden her eyes glaze over. Right. And then she rises a foot in the air and is surrounded all of a sudden by a, an eight-foot conjured ghostly apparition, exactly mm-hmm. like she can normally do. Yep. This one kind of looks a little bit like a knight in shining armor, but it's sort of transparent and glowing blue. Is it... Oh, is it black? 
Because it's mortared? And of course. It, it's, you know, slightly black, absolutely, with some little gold trimming. Mm -hmm. And so she just, like, goes to surge forward and literally tries to rip the, the phone, phone out of your hand. What is what is everyone else doing when this happens? The other kids just, like, back the hell up. Like, they, they clearly know who Mordred is and do not want to tangle with her, but... Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead, oh, Sorry. I was just saying, being next to him and being someone who has a lot of uh, moves in defending teammates, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel like at the very least, Phoenix, as he is now referred to, uh -huh. uh, would get between Mordred and Hinge. Okay, so you're gonna you, you're gonna step in and engage, basically. Yeah. Can I ask, is everyone else going to step in and engage, or would well, we... not literally? Ah. Yeah. Of course, but would we all be leaping to the defense of our teammate, or no? I do. I, I would, but in an indirect way, if that makes sense. I've got an idea. Do you want me to share it now or later? Uh, you can share it now, absolutely. So, if this is something that works out, you see. Shahida kind of gesturing underneath her desk with her left hand kind of making signs and the two erasers from the chalkboard start levitating up and towards mm. and then over the top of the head of this apparition as uh -huh. she now is and the idea is to kind of clap them together and get like all of the chalk dust to settle on her and the idea would be to kind of like create some laughter and and you know disperse the tension in the room if that makes sense that does make perfect sense yeah yeah yes. so let's do it like this okay so benji's attacking you so mordred, mordred basically surrounded by a knight in the armor yes uh, using telekinesis two two chairs start to swirl around her head in telekinetic fashion mm -hmm. Me meanwhile of course we can see the the chalk dust is inching above and above and above her head yep. she is going to make an attack on you because you're all a six, a six or below. Indeed. And so she's going to throw these damn things at you. Mark, would you please go ahead and make a defend move? As I'm making my defend move, I I have a move in my particular pool set that I chose called I Know What I Am, which is once per scene when you defend a teammate, you can shift Saviour up and another label down mm -hmm. in addition to any other benefits from the move. Great. Even on a miss. Mm -hmm. That's and awesome. if I do, I add one team to the pool. Nice. Oh my. So are you doing that? Yes. It sounds like, to various degrees, we are all coming together to engage with Mordred. So, uh, Mark is going to add one team to the pool for that. When you enter a battle against a dangerous foe as a team, mm -hmm. which is, you know, what we're doing to various degrees, you add yes. two teams to the pool. Sweet. I have a question to ask, which will potentially add more team to the pool. Mm -hmm. Number one, who is the leader? Good oh. question. <laughs> I feel like it's either you or me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In this case, you took heat off, off Ricochet, mm. and then I took heat off you. Mm. So I have no problems with me stepping up on this one if you're jumping in the way. I feel like, But I feel like if you're taking the initiative in both cases, you're probably the leader. Is the leader determined fight to fight, or is one person the leader forever? It is definitely fight to fight, although okay. oftentimes many superhero teams will have a consistent leader. Yeah. yeah. But it is definitely a fight to fight situation. I feel like since we're reacting to what you're doing, that you're probably yeah. Yeah. I feel like I don't know the dynamic of this team probably feels like none of us, especially, want to be the leader. I disagree, but. Like I don't know. Maybe. Oh, sorry, Navi. I'm just keeps on the table. Okay. Um, maybe like not necessarily want to be like maybe we as a group yeah. don't feel like we have to define a particular leader. We're a team. I have the expectation that I would lead or take charge. Yeah, like you, you and I often probably fill that role. Yeah. But at the very least, I don't think my character thinks that's that fine. there's a need for one defined leader. That's fine. That's yeah. probably what actually separates us on this one. Yeah. Okay, so, so sorry, who's the leader? Um, I think we're going with me for this one. For yes. this fight. Does the leader have influence over every other teammate? Uh, you do not. Okay. Do not. Does everyone have the same purpose in the fight? 
Uh, Phoenix, what is your purpose in this fight? What, uh, what what do you want the result of this fight to be? Honestly, I just want to defend my friends. The, the, your friends come out of unscathed. Yes. Yeah. Does everybody else have the same purpose as that? Yes. <laughs> I want to go away, which is for much the same. Yeah. But they'll have the same ultimate results, yeah. I believe. I just want yeah. to leave. Yeah. That's great. So you'll have the same purpose. You know, no, none of you want to take out Mordred. Like Mordred's being the dick here. She's the one that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. That's another team of the pool. Uh, does any team member mistrust? The leader of the team. No, I don't. no. no. Okay. If if, no. if so, we would remove a team. And the final question is: If your team is ill prepared or off balance, remove a team. You're not. You're uh, the, you, I, you, uh, you, the boys. The boys. Tell us that we are. I actually. think yeah, we're being targeted in a classroom without our teacher here. Mm. I think that puts us off off balance. You yeah. are ill prepared in the sense that you're not able to cut loose. You're not able to. You're, you're under the you're under the stymie of yeah. I, guess, I would further argue that since she transformed essentially, it's probably looked like oh a little bit of social tete a tete. Oh she no, she just got full-blown powers yeah okay. would probably throw some people off okay. fantastic so hinge yeah she teleporting two chairs in the air go to smash them in your face yes for then. exposing yourself in danger however phoenix is going to try to step in and defend to hopefully alter the situation so i'm rolling at a plus two indeed uh, that is a 10. Okay, fantastic. So, when you defend someone mm-hmm. on a 10 plus... On a hit, you keep them safe and choose... One. Choose one, yeah. So you keep Hinge safe, and you get to choose one. You either add a team to the pool, take influence over the person that you've just protected, or you get to clear a condition. Well, I don't have a condition, I think. Okay, we'll add a team to the pool, thanks, Tom. Great stuff, okay. Then. And I'm going to move Savior up one, and probably Danger down, because Danger's the aggressive one, right? Yes. It is, that's, that's when you used to directly engage a threat. Correct. Yes. Okay, so the way this works is you step, how do you, how do you do it? How do you physically defend him from these chairs that are gonna telekinetically smash into his head? Well, I am magically protected, so I think I literally just put myself in the white light. And the chairs smash on your glowing body? Yeah, I feel like my power, even when I'm not wearing my uniform, my powers are passively active. Uh, so they smash, and when they smash, like that's when you sort of see the shield slightly outside of me. Okay, all right. That's awesome, fantastic work. So the chairs smash, he sort of screams in frustration and Eclipse, you are moving your, you are going to be, uh, you know, moving your dusters above above her head type thing to sort of spray some some chalk down upon her. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Fantastic, all right then. So so that happens. I mean, you, you have telekinesis with your powers, so that's, yeah. that is not a problem at all whatsoever. It's not really unleashing your powers, so we'll just say, yeah, so, so that just happens. The idea, the idea is, is to try to de-escalate the situation by creating some levity. She's she's kind of like a non-confrontational person. She's quite meek, so she's just trying mm-hmm. to, and she's even trying to do it like surreptitiously, so, so people can't see that it's her. Um, trying to de-escalate. So no, absolutely okay. So that's so so basically, for, all this chalk falls down upon the glowing form around her. A couple of people in the class start to laugh. She turns around, clearly not really quite sure where to direct her anger now. Ricochet, you mentioned you were preparing to do something. Uh, so basically, she's been tapping away at her phone under the desk. Okay. And every so often you'll see like a vague glitch and she's not there. And she's like kind of sitting next to people going, tap my phone, tap my phone. Okay. Tap, 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 tap. And so basically in unison, you hear the word twat, 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 right. 
everyone's phones at once. Oh my Twat. gosh. Okay, <laughs> right, right. And so the phones just start to mock her basically. So so she is in an anger frenzy. She's got this she's got this thing, she's got people laughing at her from the from the chalk. Mm-hmm. She's got everyone everyone's phones belting out twat, twat, twat. So Harold, can you please tell me what you're gonna she do? She has turned round, so yeah. I will simply wheel up to her and launch myself. She's a foot off the ground, did you say? She is. So yes. put her at height with me, so I'm gonna push myself out of my wheelchair and crash right on top of her. Ooh. Okay, so I mean, with the intent to frighten her, into, okay. reel up and close with my untouchable flesh. Well, here's the thing. So, are you looking to actually grab her or whatnot, or are you just looking to frighten her into backing down for now? Still falling on her and getting up real close to frighten her. So, falling on her, yeah, and getting up close to frighten her, yeah. Okay, so meta-wise, would you say that you would like to fight her or provoke her into doing something? Provoke her into being frightened. Is that a thing? I only mentioned that because it's a keyword. Yeah, right ba- no, no, backing off. I want her to leave to run away. Oh, okay, so cool, cool. So, so you will up and you want to provoke her, basically. Yeah, essentially so you're, you're trying to get her just to fuck off. Look, she's yeah. she's confused. Oh, she's okay. angry. She has the whole class ahead of her. This this whole situation is not going not going her way at all. You'd like to get her to just back off now. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. So you're going to, ro- sounds like you're rolling to provoke someone. And um, so you're going to roll and add your superior. I may add, I am the be the monster. When you fright and intimidate a cow others with your monstrous form, I can roll plus freak. Oh, great. Good That's stuff. what I'm saying. I'm getting up and close so she can see the... Awesome. So you get nice and close. You sort of beast out. and, we'll and leer at her. Do you yell out something like, fuck off or whatever, or do you... I think it's implicit. It's implicit. Okay. That's why I sort of wanted to get real close. Like... Right up close with her. Fantastic. Please do. So that is plus my freak is plus three. So nice. that is eleven. Okay. Fantastic. So that's that's really great. So looking around, chalk dust falling comically down upon her. Everyone all around being like sort of like twat 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 twat. As it turns out, because Nick rolled an eleven plus, you don't really need to spend team to assist. So it's all it's all contributing to her basically just like lowering down, depowering. The ghostly apparition goes away, and she just sort of like looks so mad that a tear is welling in her left eye for. A little bit and she just looks at you hinge and says just, just please give me the phone please give me the phone you don't understand i'll be ruined at that point the door opens mm-hmm. and ms platinum walks in yes there is another part to this i thought you were gonna ask you know how we had to choose things if i roll a 10 or more okay i have things to choose from and in this case i'll choose you frighten others that you had not intended to oh nice. my okay interesting all right so so that happens you you beast out and so she's looking so afraid that she's almost about to cry mostly because of the fact that she has not managed to get back this incriminating evidence from her phone which you think really clearly jeopardizes her reputation slash future and you notice that all a lot of the other kids in the classroom are actually freaking out looking at you a little bit can i ask are any of you having seen him hulk out in his monster form a little bit frightened of him so where, I, that, where you weren't before i'm not quite hulking out i'm just sort of making myself quite visible as opposed to lurking at the back of the classrooms and things I, like have a good look at me this is what i look like I, okay sure sure D- okay. would any of you i'll slip up on that one great so you so you look and are just perhaps a little bit sort of like oh my yeah God. oh dearie me uh would you please mark the frightened condition Alright, done. You are shaken by this incident. Probably the combination of, honestly, of having a powerful school bully try to smash your face in with a chair and then have one of your companions suddenly become a lot more terrifying than you remember them. At that moment, as mentioned, Miss Platinum walks back in the door and 
she she is uh, kind of leading slash carrying slash holding a disheveled, mildly exploded looking individual in a sort of ex- exploded lab coat. Um, he is a, a British South Asian gentleman of about 50 years or so, very scrawny. His glasses are cracked and askew. His hair is sticking up on end like he's been electrocuted and his, his lab coat is uh, very largely burnt and frazzled. You assume that this is the uh, Mr. Ephemeris who caused the incident that Miss Ms. Platinum had to go to. Um, so she walks back in and says, what is going on here? And she looks daggers at Mordred. Mordred turns around and you know puts a sweet smile on and says, nothing, right? She turns and looks at any of you. Oh, yes, nothing. Miss Park was introducing herself. I'll I'll bend down and help Nick off the floor. Yes, thank you. And sort of help get him set back. And uh, and had Harold fell fell out of his chair. I just thought I'd help him. I see. She says she's turned back in her regular mm. human form. Mm. By the way, she walks over and she looks at the two shattered chairs on the ground, the dusted chalk. Can I ask, actually, Eclipse? Is the chalk still floating in the air? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she she looks at the dusted chalk. That, who is doing that? And they just drop to the ground. <laughs> okay, and it goes up on her face because it, it, yeah. it drops at her feet and the chalk goes up. <laughs> Everyone's like, Ooh. It's like, all right. Now I'm going to ask one more time and do not let anyone be intimidated by an elder student. She says, looking very pointedly at Mordred. What broke these chairs? It was me. I can't control it all the time here. She turns to you and says, oh, and like sort of looks down and see, nice. sees, sees the wheelchair and says, uh, I, and she, wanders, she wanders over to you and puts a hand on your shoulder and says, listen, I imagine with your uh, particular disadvantage, things are going to be very, very difficult for you going forward. Know that my office is always open should you need to talk or whatever your particular malady would require as far as support. Um, she, m- miss? Y- yes? Uh, she just kind of puts her hands up and she says, I, I think I can fix them. And um, she kind of gestures with telekinesis because the chairs, I imagine, I mean, school chairs are actually pretty durable. durable. Yes. So I imagine they actually just kind of come apart at the, um, the plastic top and the metal bottom. So she just kind of gestures and picks up all of the individual screws from the floor, puts the two together and just kind of winds them in and sets them back down. That's, that's really great. So Miss Platinum looks on and a couple of the kids are like... <laughs> and you notice that Mordred, also with telekinesis, also gestures for it to help you do mm. that, basically, and sort of like, but just looks you the whole time. Now, very importantly though, just cutting back to that for a second, with Miss Platinum mm. putting her hand on your shoulder, she is shifting your labels. She is an adult, and she is trying to shift your freak up and your mundane down. I don't think my freak can go any higher. In that case, then, and so you have a choice. If anybody who has influence over you tries to tries to change your labels, shift your labels, you can try to resist. I, I don't mind it going higher. If it goes, <laughs> so if it's already at three, then you have to mark a condition instead. Okay. Mm. So you have to mark, you know, insecure or angry. The fact that you know what I mean, like an emotional yeah, yeah, yeah. reaction, um, an emotional oh, cost. For Wait, is she? So she's. I mean, she's an adult, so she has influence over all of you by default. Yes. And if someone, someone who has influence over you, says something that could potentially change your self perception as a, as a teenager, shifting your labels, basically, what she what she's saying is, wow, you really are a freak, right? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but like from a from a, a point of pity, like, yeah. oh, I'm okay. so sorry, you are such a freak. Like, you're not doing it intentionally. It's, it's like, like you're not going to get into like, trouble now because you're a freak. Yeah. yeah. No, okay. no, it's like you're not you're not in trouble now because you're so different. Yeah. I'll take angry. I thought she was um, which gives me a negative, no. No. a negative to comfort or support. Okay. Because I'm just dwelling, I'm just doubling down on my bitterness. One of the really cool things is that part of 
being a team and doing the superhero dramas, when you get conditions, you as team members can help each other remove them. You can do a cool little, you know, moment and whatnot. So, but for now though, uh, she says, all right, let's just end the class here. She says, we have a few announcements to make on school related matters. That'll be all, Miss Puck. Okay, with that, she nods and like just sort of gives you all a very suspicious look. Like, why the fuck did you help me? That's that's weird. I, I, I don't know what to make of this. But then she gives a little bow and leaves. First of all, the school administration has been notified that a certain drug tailored to supers is circulating. We all know what this is. If anybody has any information about where it is being sold or whom might be consuming it, you are to report this immediately. This is a very dangerous matter. This isn't like doing a casual spliff on the weekends. A couple of the kids are like, ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's one kid who's obviously like slightly high. He's like, <laughs> 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 but when she says that, he like just freezes and he's like, she's talking directly to me. It has been known to cause overdoses, power fluctuations, and even power loss after extended use. So, this is a drug that is a uh, superpower enhancement drug. What's it called? Anyone? <laughs> Kick? No, no, it cannot. It would have a name and then it would have like the local yeah, right. street name. So like, I feel like, I feel like Upper is actually not too far of the mark either. Yeah, I feel like that's been That's already a thing though, yeah. By stimulants, yeah, description great. and otherwise. Upgrade. Upgrade? Um, Upgrade's pretty good. Spelled with double D's and a Y. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'd also accept hack. Mm. Oh yeah, nice. hack your pants. Uh, um, I feel like Chet knows nothing of this drug. What about Vibe? Vibe. I like that's Vibe. What, like that's, what the kids, that's what the kids would call it. Right, really you know like what? Vibe. I'm calling it Vibe. It, it probably has a really long, boring yeah, scientific yeah. name. Yeah. But probably that has vibranium in it somewhere, <laughs> and it's just been shortened to Vibe by um, the kids. One more question. Can I also ask, what is one very noticeable effects and side effects? Yes. So first of all, a side effect, and, and apart from temporarily giving you a boost to your powers. What else What else does it do? What else makes it appealing? I feel like it is a stimulant. Mm. Oh, great. So it sort of like heightens your senses as well. Like, so you mm. or like you feel like your senses have been heightened anyway. Cool. That's why people take it. It's because they're sitting there and like... It makes them feel on. It, it's like someone who's hasn't, who's never worn glasses before getting their glasses and just mm-hmm. looking at everything. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, everything in the world is so much more right now. That's amazing. That's like really cool. Hyper-focus? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's amazing. It enhances any chemicals already in your system. And if you're drunk, you're super drunk. If you're high, you're super well, high. Well, I think combining yeah. a lot of chemicals yeah. already does that. That's like. a cool detail. Okay, one final question then. What are the very obvious physical uh, side effects that this drug has? Ooh. How can you tell if someone's on it? People sensitive to Feel free like, to get weird bright, this bright light. That's yeah. not too weird. <laughs> yeah, a little bit weird. I feel like... I mean, I was thinking something like your eyes glow blue. Or yeah, it yeah. Eyes, yeah. You get those weird, like, gl- black veins or something. But no, it can be as subtle as you like. I, just... I actually feel like maybe their, um... Maybe their eyes get paler. Cool. Oh, like, yeah. just the colour drains a bit Oh, from... that's cool. And the more you take it, the more mm-hmm. the colour starts to drain. So, like, people mm-hmm. who are really addicted basically look like they don't have irises anymore. Yeah. yeah. So, with that, um, she rattles off a bunch of other, you know, <laughs> you very, may, very boring You may know it as bump. You may know it as taking an edge. <laughs> you may know it as holding one forward. Oh, well done. <laughs> so, she rattles off a few other things. So, 
Um, if there's nothing else, and she turns very pointedly to look at Mr. Ephemeris. He's been very sheepish this whole time. He's looking down, adjusting his broken spectacles, and trying to look as small as possible. He says, uh, oh, uh, yes, um, ahem. So, also, uh, the headmaster has decreed that no further unsanctioned continuum experiments are to be conducted. <laughs> like, he's, like he's turning this all on you now, like really, really pointing his finger and leaning forward. Are to be conducted on the school oval. That's right. So, uh, if anyone, if anyone is caught doing that, then there will be a, uh, there will be a suspension. And if a, you know, teacher is, is caught doing that, they will be on after class detention. So, any of you on after class attention this week? I will see you there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I feel like there's one kid in the back row who kind of like the really smart kid. Yeah. Who's like he has no powers, but he's just super super smart. Who just throws down his pencil a Let's... bit and just sulks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. like, All right. Damn it. Right. You're like, are you stifling my genius? <laughs> yeah. We have a super. We have a super genius that you and I help take down called Lily Grace Hart. Let's make it her. Yes. Yeah, so she's it cuts to her in the background. She adjusts her spectacles and says. Again, they stifle my genius. Like snaps, a, snaps a pen, snaps a pen in her hand. Um, so it's a safety first, kids. Safety first. You know, they always have those like educational posters, like hanging their kids up like the same yeah. ones. This is one in every classroom of like uh, you know the avoid becoming an evil genius. You know, it's a flowchart. Did they laugh at you? Yeah. Yes. No, you show them to live normal life. Yes, you'll show them. Show them all. <laughs> he turned, Don't let it happen to you. He then turns to Ms. Platinum and says, "Oh, uh, can I go now?" Yes, you can. With that, he kind of uh, he just sort of slinks out of the classroom, basically. Just, like, oh, I'll see you again three weeks ago. Mm. He winks at her and walks away. Cool. I hate that man. <laughs> so they're definitely gonna hate bang it out later. <laughs> yeah. So if you would be kind enough just to uh, to start up on your studies before you have your A level practice test at midday. So you have a, a, a couple of hours. I suggest you use them wisely. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now you're all new and you're, you're, you've heard maybe a couple of things about A level practice tests, but that's maybe not something you're actually terribly familiar with. But she she turns around and leaves. A couple of the other students go. So actually, it's mostly just you left in the, in the room together. What do you do? A level practice test. I mean anyone so like just from a meta point of view do you guys all know what A-levels are no okay so A-levels imagine like you know how we all took some sort of standardised test in grade 12 yep so A-levels are the British version of that except it's not a standardised test you take your A-levels like if you've read Harry Potter it's like the owls or the news or whatever Mm. you take your A-levels in subjects you choose because they're subjects that you're interested in going for. So if you want to get into, like, some creative subjects, you could take your A-levels in, like, English and a couple of other drum. Mm. Yeah, so it's sort of like your elective subjects. Your A-level tests are the final exam in those. And they're moderated. But yeah, yeah, but it's... It's not everyone's doing the exact same suite of exams because everyone's yep. doing exams that are interesting to them. All good. Can uh, I ask, actually? I'm going to ask. Now, you've been here a few days, but not very long. You've been yeah. expected to do some study and attended a few classes and Catch so forth. Catch mm-hmm. up. Would any of you have been good students and research any upcoming exams? Oh, yeah. Uh, she is still yeah. over it. Okay. Also... Okay, well, I'll, I will say that the two of you know exactly what the A-level tests are. Mm-hmm. And because Nadia literally wrote the adventure, I'm going to let you in character potentially tell the rest of those group members who look very puzzled what the A-level tests are here at the school. I can't believe you don't know what this is. Okay, so I've been studying, I swear, my whole life for this. It's, well, 
It's the offense and, and defense course. The what? The I, I not knowingly because I have studied yeah. this, but this is for you. <laughs> Sorry. It's it's arguably the just like the most fun one. But course. Yeah. Not test. Oh yeah, it's it's a it's a um a, a, it's like in a gym or something. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but apparently it's just a, a like an obstacle course and hmm. your offense and defense. You're in like teams and you've, I don't know, like they never reveal the course to you ahead of time. So you don't know and you can't like study for that particular route that they put you on. But yeah, it's like being on a, a on a real kind of like scenario battlefield. And um, and you, you one, one person is offense and, and the, the other person is, 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 is defense. So you're, you're telling me that it's essentially what we've been doing the entire time. Oh, look, why? You're actually graded on this. This informs your future going it's forward. One You're of shitting our, me. It's I one of our biggest, like, actual practical tests. It's not a classroom test, and I'm a little bit nervous because I'm better in the it's classroom. The it's a superhero test. So, it's, so it, it, it's, it's like if you want to be a professional superhero, like you take your A-levels in superhero bullshit. Yes. Okay, cool. It's, it's nothing new. Fulcrum would continually put me through similar things, tests like this, in order to gauge things such as uh, responsiveness, adaptability, intuitive use of powers, certain moral and ethical choices if you really want to get into it. But to be honest, after that last hour, I think we can all skip that. You are in teams of two. One is the offensive member of the team. The yeah. other is the defensive member of the team. Other details are normally left secret until the test itself. Quite. What? I mean, I knew that the point of this place was to teach us control and all that other stuff that's important for heroes moving forward. But what happens if one fails? They, I, they cannot stop me from being who I am. While you're having this conversation, by the way, I should note that Harold is looking really angry to the point where, I don't know, probably gripping the handlebar of his wheelchair, clearly suffering under the angry condition. Does anyone want to try to, you know, reassure him or help him out? Probably not going to be me because I'm under the frightened condition at this point. As other team members, you would notice he's the only one not talking and he's even more taciturn than normal and looking very, very angry and upset. I, pro I probably would, to be honest. What do you do? I'd probably just say, um, um, are you okay? Uh, yeah, he's perfect. The silver form and... You can come see me anytime. Yeah, she was a little bit tactless, I think. I'm yeah. sorry. She was a little bit condescending, really. Figured out. Yeah. Thanks. I'm sure she turned herself into ugly-looking statues of Bunch Lake when she was our age. Nobody's perfect. I'll raise my eyebrow, which is the only one I can raise at the <laughs> ugly statues part, but, I mean, you're not wrong, and I can't say otherwise, so, yeah, but, no. I, well, like, I, 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 I take the message to heart. Yeah. So, it sounds like primarily Eclipse is trying to comfort or support mm -hmm. you. So, why don't you go ahead, Eclipse, and roll a comfort or support? Now, that's using your mundane... Mm. Yeah, because that's your human, your human interaction skill. Yeah, so she's just going to say, you know, as much as I want to do well here, it's school isn't everything, and teachers, their opinion only matters for as long as you're in school. So, just, I know it sucks, but hey, we'll be out in a couple of years, and then you can do whatever you want. Okay, what do you get? Seven. Nice. Seven. Okay, so a seven essentially means this. So on a hit, they hear you. And so you you can, in fact, mark potential. You can clear a condition. Or you can shift labels if they open up to you. 
So now, having said that, are you going to be opening up to Eclipse? Isn't the idea to clear his condition, condition? though? Harold, I think you mean. If they open up to you. With the competent support, he has to actually open up to you to clear to clear it off. It's, it's actually not you giving the words of comforting, soothing wisdom. It's you going, yeah, and agreeing that you... And this can vary quite a bit. Mm. Like, depending on the character, yeah. Wolverine opening up to someone might just be a grunt and a nod. Well, yeah, yeah. I think this will be me not arguing with you is reciprocity of my case. I'm hearing your words. I'm not saying, look at me. Yeah. What is, is, there, is there a physical shift that denotes the change? Yeah, I'll probably... <laughs> very poor choice of words. Um, yes, no, I will. you will see me relax and, like, kind of more sort of focusing on the conversation at hand. That's great. As I accept your, as I accept your words, that you're right. So I'll clear... That's a deliberate choice on yeah. my part for words. Oh, you do mean a physical shift. No, unfortunately, I wish. Uh, well, I wish. Like, maybe you're still a bit hulked up from your yeah. change and you yeah. just sort of revert well, back to what's this? Yeah, I was about to say, if there's anyone who's going to literally oh, yeah. pass on their sleeve. Like, okay, yeah, so the veins in my arms stop bulging mm. and go <laughs> nice. back to more sort of, on my misshapen arm, the veins sort of sink down and my eye, which is, I suppose, overly large at this point, sort of yeah. shifts fractionally back to more of a more of a human uh, human eye. Because less bulbous. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yep. super. That's super cool. So we have a relate. Uh, so they go. She's previously comforted me when I was at my lowest. So does that increase that, that relationship, or does no, that as, a, as a, it is? The relationships are more just a guide for what yeah, you well, like to do, sense. as opposed to influence. So okay. no, that that's really cool. So my angry condition is cleared. Is cleared. Yes. Very good indeed. So at any rate, the offense defense course is our first step in the way of getting out of remedial superheroing we found ourselves thrust into and possibly I say looking uh, at Eclipse meaningfully an opportunity to regain something that we may have lost yeah I think um, I think if you do well enough and you, you beat the course time you might be you might go on the the pla. you know the one that's in the the main hall oh that oh, is that what that is <laughs> I, I mean, I saw it. I've never really read it, so... They explain why there's two columns for offense, one for offense and one for defense, then. Yeah. Oh. Now, there is there is nothing that can cause more potential for team drama than picking teams. Mm. And here is a situation where you are only allowed to be in teams of two. Mm. So someone <laughs> is going to be excluded and is going to have to be paired up with some other schlub. So mm. I think it'd be really great for you to discuss who's going to team up with who, who's going to be the two teams, and who's going to be the... Sorry, buddy. Uh, Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> Have it. you have 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 you teamed up with um with anyone yet? I I, <laughs> I I've done really well. I practiced with the uh, with the free runners of my um uh, of my my building when I was before the school. You know, like I I've done lots of practice outside of school even before we got here. I mean, I hadn't hadn't really thought about any of this. I was just, I guess, probably planning to go with whoever needs a defensive person, you know? I'm happy to do whatever. I, I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> this is making me as a person deeply uncomfortable. Please, please someone else go after him. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, probably your dream team. I'm I'd, thinking. I'm yeah, sure like would want that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, certainly that's one way of going about you it. like barrel me out of the room. Yeah, just, <laughs> that's certainly one way of looking at it, Eclipse. Another way is that if we're looking to put ourselves above any, uh, any, say, short-sighted, bullyish people who adopt some sort of Black Knight persona, perhaps it's time we show her and the rest of the school just what people who have had some real training can do. Wow. That's, I mean... 
Okay. I feel like that's being muttered very sort of softly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You're just like, well, that's, I mean, okay. Like, we don't know. Opportunity for us to really not only just put our names on the board, but literally put our names on the board. So it sounds like, it sounds like, Ben, you are trying to provoke someone. So you are, try, you are in fact, trying to provoke Phoenix into agreeing to sign on with you. I am. So <laughs> PvP in social situations is very much uh, a thing that's done. Uh, so will you please go ahead and roll your superior I will and then if you would like let's see what, see what you get first sure. that is a 9 plus 2 is 11 wow okay so it's up to you Phoenix you can choose to go when it comes to provoke someone when it's a PvP type thing you can choose to if you're not happy to go along with this you can choose to defend which has the potential to reduce that roll by 2 if you're oh, successful really? okay. yeah. honestly Phoenix doesn't necessarily want to be the top of the class to succeed as well but he does want to Im- like grow into his legacy role. yes yeah and he feel- probably feels like this would be a good opportunity to be to show that you know he's worthy of the mantle mm-hmm. so that's probably where he's coming from on this and so he- and I feel like you probably like are yeah. leaning into that one exactly a bit just being that. like you know yeah. a lot step of people- up it's time to step up old boy yeah so <laughs> Phoenix is just sort of like I mean it'd probably make Uncle Ahmed happy probably show them that I'm not useless and that I can be <sighs> I can be the well, you know. I'm not gonna because like I look around. I put a hand. I'm not, I'm not gonna say yeah. the forbidden the, <laughs> words. The forbidden words. I put a hand on your shoulder. I understand responsibilities and pressures. It needs someone with a you know, it needs someone with a broad pair of shoulders to be able to stand up under that responsibility. Wow. So now can I ask? So Phoenix now. has influence over Eclipse. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. So whether he's intending to do so or not, I really think that Phoenix is shifting your labels. Sure. I definitely think that he's moving your mundane up and your superior down. Cool. I feel like it's very like super mundane right now. <laughs> I feel like it's it's very Phoenix is he's a bit thick. Oh, this is just, this is purely like an oblivious thing. Yeah. You're not trying. Oftentimes it happens without you deliberately trying to do it. But he, no, I I think that's what's going on. Also, I'm going to say that you are going to take a condition. This is definitely something you're unless you yeah. also want to. Uh, well, it's up to you. This is your call. I, yeah. I, I think insecure is a good one. <laughs> Guilty. Yeah, insecure. And she just goes, oh, yeah, you know what? That um, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, no, that's fine. I think you two, you guys are much better paired. Hey, hey, R- Ricochet, um, do you want to uh, team up? I think that we would be better suited, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. I'm totally fine with being excluded, by the way. That's so part of the drama. It's, it's all the drama, right? Oh, yeah. Real excluded. Because <laughs> yeah, I feel like, like Ricochet, well, Ricochet, Ricochet hasn't said what, mm. what she wants yet. She was could have been trying to go with you all along. Who knows? Let's find out. Ricochet. No, I do tend sorry, to work well. I'm so sorry. Please go. My apologies. I just want to clarify a thing. Provoke someone also comes with a thing. Four PCs. On a 10 plus both, I'm still trying to work out what specifically that means. On a 7 to 9, choose one. So maybe it is both of these things. Yeah. If they do it, add a team to the pool. So that's one. If they don't do it, mark a condition. Well, you did do it. Oh, yeah. I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Pardon me. I did done it. No, that's... I, I do apologise. Some of these that's, things that's have correct. extra things yeah. some of them don't. So I think we've got to be on the ball with telling Tom indeed that's what I didn't do before. each playbook is different also yeah. but, but but really importantly in the 7 to 9 you pick two of those things you choose the characteristic yeah. it's only one or the other and so you have to be nasty and say okay if you if you don't do what I say you mark a condition or you can say if you do do what I say we get to add team to the pool we're mm. not both 
you have to choose which one you're going to do, right? Mine's so. different again. Mine is just negative, and I have to choose two on a seven to nine. Oh, right. And that thing where I did before, like if I it's, freak people out, it's just all bad. Yeah, all that's time. really cool. No, yeah, no, yeah, that's, so. But no, that's very, very good to point out. I love this. Good team drama. Let's keep that rolling on with... Um, mm -hmm. Ricochet's response. Yes. Uh, see, I work better on my own. <laughs> It's a right, it's a team right. it's a team act, uh, activity. We have we have to have teams. <sighs> do we? Yeah, you'll have to pair it with someone. And oh no no! Doesn't actually... just me? Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. And, and I'm afraid your first pick just may have drafted himself into someone else's team, <laughs> unless you want to try and convince otherwise. Uh, uh, I guess put me down as a yes, but I really want to have a think about it. Oh okay. <sighs> I'm like Plan B. This hurts so much. <laughs> Like, especially at the point that you are in life and who you are as a person, what's just happened? Like, that's gonna... Oh, my God. Eclipse, you're my silver medal. <laughs> so... It's not okay. you, it's me. So, like... <laughs> I can okay. do better. So, how, so may I may I ask how Harold is feeling about this? Well, he pretty knew he wasn't going to be first pick anyway, Aww. so he's actually not as bad as you might think about it. Okay, but, but all right. Last, all right. Like, not even. Well, I feel well, like I wasn't going to be first, second, or third. Well, I, think, I look at Harold and I'm like, Harold, how does anyone know what this course actually is? Because I feel like what's the whole point? It's discrimination against Harold to uh, try and make him run an obstacle course. Like this, that's not fair. They'll figure it out. It's better I'm not on your teams anyway. It's no, okay. I mean... I'll fuck it up in my own way. <laughs> you're not going to fuck it up, Harold. You're amazing. I'm going to make a point of it to fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> what do I care if I get an A-level or not? Um, look, I, uh, genu I see your point, but still, it's not fair. You guys go on your teams. Eclipse, you'll be good with Ricochet. So, who's going to be offense and who's going to be defense amongst defense. the two teams that we have? Defense. All right, so we actually take a roll each? Yes. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Mm. You're probably going to end up being defense then, in which case I was supposed to have to be offense. Because my danger is negative two. But, but also think about like what what, yes. what your character would want to be, right? So I could literally be both. Like, I could I, be either or. I really don't have any offense. Talk about defense. All right, let's talk about this for a second. What's the thing that they're going to be expecting for? What's the thing that undid us way back when? Uh, we rushed in, ultimately, at the end of it. Words were, you know, magic words were mixed up, as you said. Reading's never been my strong point. Exactly. We, we, <laughs> yeah. so, Is there we a, take, point, a point of look between Eclipse and Phoenix? Yeah, that happens? Mm -hmm. for sure. So we take a leaf from Falcon's playbook. We plan this out. We assess the situation. We make whatever is going to happen on our terms, as opposed to reacting and doubtless stuffing up the whole affair. So we're controlling the battlefield. That's what I'm, it's exactly what I'm saying. Oh, I see. Yes, it's yes. That could work perfectly. I just, uh, I mean, in my mind, the first thing that's come to picture is swinging blades and all sorts of horrible stuff. But I imagine it's just going to be a lot of rugby tackling dummies that we've got to run through and whatnot. Considering that they just manned uh, messing with the laws of time and space, I think perhaps we should set our expectations a little higher. A ricochet and eclipse. We cut to you in the corner. Maybe walking down the hall. Maybe we're doing a West Wing style yeah, walk, walk, walk and talk while you're walking down to the field. We'll say that this is actually a couple of hours later, and, yes. you're, and you're, you're you're zipping up your high, your high school uniform tracksuits, basically. Uh, I'm against on, this. <laughs> so, so you're putting on like little MMA gloves, and you've got effectively like a, like a mouth guard. You have you know just full on really sort of you know public school sort of tracksuits, all in color, of course. <laughs> I don't think the mouth guard did. Otherwise, having a conversation is going to be tough. I don't know if you've ever done that, Tom. I have. I don't know. We'll say, we'll say that you're doing 
this. You're holding the mouth guard as you're walking down the, as you're walking oh, yeah. down the corridor. So so Ricochet isn't wearing the tracksuit. Okay. She's wearing like the blazer with the with the schoolgirl uniform nice. and the and the MMA gloves and the so she's got the she's got the mouth guard in hand. Okay, fantastic. So let's have a little conversation about who gets to be offender and defender. Okay, so cards on the table. I really only know how to use my fists. Okay, um so do you wanna be Offense then, or well, because I don't, I'm, I don't mind. You can, you, wh- wh- whatever, wh- whatever you w- want to do is fine. Do you have no decision at all? I'm just happy to be here. You <laughs> have no opinion either way. Well, Sounds like you don't either. I'm quite, I'm quite good with with my um, telekinetic powers, and I can um, shift my uh, density and 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 grow, which is good for hitting things. So I can, I'm happy to be offense if you like. Okay, okay, okay. Hmm, 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 hmm. See, I can't do that sort of thing. That sounds really cool. You know, you so- you shouldn't sell yourself short. Oh, um, thanks. But I bet you could be awesome. Oh, that sounds like you might be trying to comfort or support Eclipse, who is currently beset with a condition. I am insecure. Would you care to roll? Yes, I would. And add your mundane. Okay. Can I just say, with what I said before, yes. I was trying to, when I said that these two would make a good pairing, I was okay. trying to assist, I guess, saying that, you know, you are... If, if needed, let's spend... You can, that, that, you can retroactively If needed, that was what time. I was yeah. sort of implying, yeah. that you two would make a great team together. Yeah, absolutely. After. You should take a dive and, and accuse them of discrimination. <laughs> <laughs> Depends who I get paired with. <laughs> Okay, so it's mundane, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Six. That's a miss. That's a miss. It is a miss. Very importantly, with the assist, though, that oh. makes it a seven. Actually, yeah, no, I will do that. Fantastic. So, if you're spending... So, re- retroactively, we will say, uh, Harold, that you your words previously had also contributed towards Eclipse's uh, coming around and maybe not feeling quite so insecure, having two cool people that... Actually, can I ask, does both Harold and Ricochet have influence over you, or just the one, or, or, ne- or neither? I don't have influence over you. No, no, no. I, um, we have a yeah. relationship. Only um, Phoenix and uh, Hinge have. Okay, no, that that is not a problem whatsoever. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> she just says, "Ah, oh, I think just sometimes because um, you guys are all so much older than me, I just feel like maybe I, I don't have as much experience. But um, thanks for for having me around. I appreciate it." So Ricochet, would you, because the ultimate arbiter as to whether someone has opened up to you Mm -hmm. is the person that's trying to comfort and support. I get no say, no one else does. Would you think that that is sufficient for opening up to you? To satisfy uh, this condition? I would say so. That's, yeah. Great. Well, in that, in that case, then, you can uh, remove a condition or you can mark potential, which is your XP, by the way. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm so sorry. I forgot to mention. Who here has, has rolled and been stuck with a six or less? Yo, and I've already marked it. Great. You get so potential. W- potential. Whenever you roll a six or under, yeah. and that's your final result, mm-hmm. you get to mark XP, which is your potential. Because, okay. you know, you're teenagers. You fail by... You get better by failing, right? Yeah. You fail yeah, forward yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in that way. <laughs> So, we cut to the school oval. You see Miss Miss Brisk. Miss Brisk is a famous speedster. She is a tall, very powerfully built black woman. Her hair is tied back in a ponytail, and she has braid on the side of her face that dictates a lightning bolt, because she's a really, really famous uh, speedster. And she has got a famous silver tracksuit. So it's it's pretty form-hugging, but it isn't spandex. It's kind of a bit somewhere between 
a sort of a latex tracksuit and spandex, right? Sort of, a, sort of like active wear, like you use for mm. extreme sports and such. Yeah. She just kind of sits there, fists on hips, staring at a very, very perturbed looking Mordred, who is also standing there cross-armed. And she says, no, no, I am taking my A-levels. I'm not competing in the Special Olympics. And then she turns and it, the camera pans down and we can see, of course, Harold has been paired with Mordred sitting right next to her. So Miss Brisk does not take this well. So she leans forward and just really, really carefully is like, oh, I'm sorry. Did I give you the impression, precious, that I was asking? In a very pointed motion, like brings her nose till it's about three inches from Mordred's face, and then you just see the whistle come up. <laughs> the whistle, and like Mordred just sort of starts and turns down to look at you and says, I mean, I can only imagine you're offensive. <laughs> you are proper fucked, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I don't care. <laughs> okay. What does this mean to me? The colour drains from her face. <laughs> and she says, listen, listen, listen. I have a lot of clout in this school. If you wanted me to make your stay here a bit more comfortable, I don't know, find you a friend. Not from my friend group, but, you know, from someone who is a, a, isn't a complete scrub, I might be able to pair you up with someone. I laugh right at her face. <laughs> <laughs> you can grow me a new pair of legs. Okay, she, she pauses <laughs> and thinks for a second and says, right, I'll get back to you on that one. You have got nothing All right. I want. <laughs> That's great. That's wonderful. Miss <laughs> Brisk, just sort of always bouncing on the spot. Like, she, she has such a high metabolism, such a high energy level, she just constantly twitches and is almost constantly doing that little jog on the spot type thing. Imagine she's constantly snacking as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, she, she, what she does have is she's got really beautifully inlaid kind of uh, fibroplastic leg braces. Yeah. Not to give her any advantage in running but literally just to help keep her legs together when she runs yeah. because her super invulnerability isn't quite up to her super speed so she yeah. needs the leg braces to sort of not shred her muscles apart when she really pushes it so like she's channeling Vinnie Jones as well yeah exactly <laughs> the voice of Vinnie Jones the body of an angel a female black Vinnie Jones exactly right Angela Bassett playing Vinnie Jones, uh, Vinnie Jones. <laughs> like the last minute in a movie they swapped out Vinnie Jones for Angela Bassett but kept um, his voice but kept his voice so she, she goes, so it's a school oval there's nothing on the school oval. It's entirely blank. I mean, it's perfectly manicured. All of you are sitting up there in, in your teams. As far as those taking A-levels today, it's you and maybe eight other teams. Uh, so you plus 16. So not the entire school by any means. There's no crowd around or anything. So it's all very strange. So she pulls out. Miss Brisks just sort of blows the whistle a couple of times and says, all right, all right, all right. Come on. Come on in. Come on in. Line up. In your teams. In your teams. Red sash for offense. Blue sash for defense. Put them around your waist. Oh, not hear arguments. I'll take the red sash then. Yeah. Okay. I just sort of like look disappointedly at the blue sash. Like I have a whole thing going on. Yeah. She uh, she <laughs> she points to another to a very very overweight uh, South Asian boy and says, "Also, when you change form, you are not melding the sash in. You keep that visible into whatever animal you become." Yeah, well, I miss whatever. She stands back and then she fumbles around her pockets and she she, she finds a protein bar, but that's not what she was looking for. But then she still just sort of... <laughs> just like sh shovels it in. And just sort of like, oh yeah. And then she pulls out what appears to be a fob, like a car fob. I didn't know what this was, by the way, until Nadia uh, looked it up for us. But that... Yeah, that Thing you yes, used to open a car. It's called a, yeah, I, I didn't know that. It's called a fob. Anyway, she pulls out a fob. <laughs> and she stands back and she goes, beep, beep, beep. 
she, she apparently unlocks the oval, and then literally she apparently does, because all of a sudden, the center of the oval, like the X-Wing under the basketball court, just opens up into this huge elevator. You can see there is a huge steel platform with railings, of course. They keep to much more workplace health and safety than Hogwarts does. And you and the other pairs of students are all ushered onto this platform. It's like a, a good uh, 40 meters by 40 meters. It's really big. So you all jump on. There are seats with, you know, things to strap in, but no one needs them. It's just kind of like being on a city cat or a ferry. You just kind of sit there and glance over at the other, hang over the side. And then you begin your descent down into the oval. The glass doors close and you begin through the glass doors and floors, speed by, and you can see some wacky stuff, by the way. Like you can see, you pass by some underground labs. You pass by a lab that has at least five tigers in it, and uh, other 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 such things. At least five. At least five <laughs> tigers. Suddenly, the elevator shifts to the left, so it's more of a turbo lift than a strict elevator. And then you begin moving horizontally. Finally, the elevator stops, and you alight onto a platform. The room you enter is actually very similar to a dentist's waiting room. It's all white and pristine, there's lines of chairs, there's even a book of magazines, like Superhero Weekly, like the, the equivalent of, you know, uh, Superhero MMA, like, you know, mm -hmm. Thrash, Thrash Nights 107 is coming up, and so you've got that. And then there's a, a cold clinical single couch, there's a couple of ferns, uh, but most notably, there is a very large frosted pane of glass stretching across one wall. Miss Brisk then turns and clicks the fob three times once again, and the glass clears. It just does that thing where you know it was an opaque glass like frosted and then yep. it just kind of sort of almost nanite like just kind of like material becomes completely transparent revealing an enormous gym exercise room Amazing. training course um it is all segmented so think of it like american ninja times five it's all deep in trenches and so basically four teams will compete at the same time in different sections it's, it's generally like an obstacle course in that it's all a big rectangle you start at one end and have to get through to the other while accumulating enough points and you can see all sorts of things. You see all the things you'd imagine in a thing like this, right? You see buzzing saw blades, and you can see dummies that look like they're attached to robots, which look very aggressive. You can see that there are mounted laser turrets on the walls and other things like that. Pits of spikes, which are actually just rubber and stuff like that. Uh, so she turns around, basically, TVs all lower from the ceiling, both in the gym and out, like just huge holographic TVs that display each individual training course. So in theory, if you're, in, if you're taking the course, you can watch what the other four teams are doing at the same time. I think I've seen this on pay-per-view. Indeed. She says, right, let's get cracking. You know the deal. Offense and defense. Offense is to score as many points as possible by attacking any of the glowing red targets. You will know them when you see them. Defense. You are to preserve the dummies that are indicated as civilians and or private property. Your goal is to get from one end of the course to the other whilst accumulating enough strikes to the red glowing targets whilst also avoiding any damage to the civilians and or private property. Are there any questions? Jeremy, put your fucking hand down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like a class clown from the back mm -hmm. just kind of puts his hand down. Fucking Jeremy. Fucking joker. Classic Jeremy. Classic Jeremy. Does anyone have any questions? Mm -hmm. I, I lean into Hinge and I'm like, well, boys probably got the saving civilians bit down. I'll say. <laughs> okay. Actually, while, while while there's a brief below and while this is kind of like, you know, zero hour, I guess, right mm -hmm. before you're about to go in, Mordred leans down to you, Harold, and says, all right, so you can't be bribed. Well, let's see if you can be threatened. <laughs> you, you may not care about your results, 
but you certainly care about your friends. Believe me when I tell you that I can make sure that your friends who do care about graduating from this school utterly fail. Put it this way, I fail, they fail. Balls in your core, mate. I don't believe her. <laughs> That's fine. You I'll don't just look at her and like hold up the red sash, hold up the blue sash. <laughs> Oh, she snatches the blue oh. sash. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna let her actually. Oh, no, you, you're, no, you're I know you. No, I will close around the blue sash. I actually, I actually do think I would be partly because she wants me to be okay. offensive. So All I'm right. just no, uh, typical teenage thing. And also, yeah, I'll keep the blue sash. All right. Well, she probably takes that as a bit of an affirmative sort of like. All right. So you're making some decision. You, you seem to care mm. in some way about this. Mm. Maybe she takes the red sash and says, "Don't worry, I can bring the pain when I need to." Ties around her waist. Let's crack on, shall we? Thing to say while you're tying a belt. Let's crack on, shall we? <laughs> Any other words to say before uh, you enter the arena? Okay, I've seen this kind of thing before. This is nothing unusual. Fulcrum's pretty diligent when it comes to this type of thing. Buzzsaws, moving platforms, this is all very rotating standard. targets, yeah. innocent and meant to be saved. Well, I'm glad you're calm. Yeah. It's okay, it's okay. This is nothing. This is nothing that I haven't dealt with before. Did Falcon actually use buzzsaws? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's sad for our loss of experience, but that oh, that's probably for the best. It's like, time. no, he used flamethrowers. Yeah. <laughs> with, a, with a slight regain of humor, oh my word, are we back to fucking Fulcrum? <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. It's alright. All you have to do is just be aware of the surroundings, keep your eye on what it is that your role is supposed to be. Let's bring it all in. We may be in teams of two, teams of two, but we're getting through this together. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Do we all put right. our hands in? So, um, so, um, so I think you, we just kissed You can do. You can put your hands in or anything uh, like that. No, it's, it's, well, yeah. for, for just like a yeah. second, <laughs> just for a second, I'm able to hold it together long enough to yeah. form an actual human hand. Nice. Hey. And then that was nice. really good. The uh, you notice that your that Mordred temporarily slips away from you and walks over to someone who is actually being formed over by a couple of the other teams, and even the teacher is kind of almost. It's hard to describe a teacher sucking up to someone, but if it was the case, it's this way. She's a beautiful but also very athletic-looking South Asian girl who looks about seventeen or sixteen or so, and she just is just kind of sitting there smiling politely and adjusting adjusting her you know her gloves and whatnot. She has a couple of people you know just massaging her and giving. Her pats on the back. You notice that Miss Brisk walks over and says, "All right, so you know, big things expected from you. Big things expected. <laughs> I wonder if they have a scorecard high enough for you. I wonder if they do. Hey, yeah, I tried to get them to install a bigger one just for you. I really tried to get them to do that. I so Ricochet tilts her head slightly. Yeah, it kind of glances down at her phone. Who is this person? Well, if you like, you can you can you can give it a go. You, now you notice a mortar walks over. And embraces them. Ooh. So, and Rodinus would just give like a big, a big hug. Not, not sort of like a romantic hug. Just a very sort of like you friendly, know, friendly sort or of. sort of or sort of sisterly hug. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, you uh, would you have researched other students and so forth? I would have. Yes. Okay. Well, let's see. It seems like you're trying to assess the situation by, by by looking into your phone and such. Can Can you please give me I a wanna... role plus superior? Yeah. Let's sure do thing. it. Let's do that. I want to know why the fuck. There's this person. And, and this is not just you looking up on looking up who this is, but looking for the full story. Like, why are these people so, you know? But without making it obvious, like, oh, no. uh, Ricochet's not looking at her phone. No, 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 no. You're just kind of like, yeah, you're, you're doing it really That strikes me as the most nonchalant thing you can do. Yeah, totally. Yes. Yes. All right, you're nonchalant. We get it. Seven, eight, nine. 
Nine. Okay then. So when it comes to nine, you oh, get sorry, to ask. Sorry, my mistake. Sorry, um, eight. That's okay. So no, seven no. to nine. So it's as simple as this. If you look at the assess the situation, yes. that's when you are trying to get a vague, and, then, and this is your general like sense motive, or not sense motive from a person. That's pierce the mask. Yeah. But this is sort of like your you know spot check, research, investigate, basically any kind of information gathering you want, right? Do yeah. I do I know something about this? And so. If you look, there's a selection of questions, and on a seven on a seven to nine, you get to choose one. Which question do you want to ask? What here can I use to level the playing field? Oh, nice. I do like that. I do like that very much. Can so, we literally level the playing field? <laughs> so here's what you know. So you know the mundane facts of the situation. Yes. This person is Priya. Her superhero name is name is Furnace. She is the adopted sister of Mordred, and they are both considered to be, you know, a bit of a, a, bit, of a bit of a powerhouse in their family. She has nothing to do with the legacy because she was adopted, but she is, however, supposedly the most powerful teenage superhero in the entire academy. Right. She's a Nova. Yeah. And in particular, she's called Furnace because she's a pyrokinetic. But she's, I mean, she's a pyrokinetic, like, with the potential of Phoenix or something. She's really, right. really, she sort of exudes all that stuff to the point where she can use it to do lightning. She can use it to just, to actually, in some cases, remove heat, make it cold. Like, she's yeah. just a real all-round powerful person. Complete elemental control. Both of, her, both of her parents were exceedingly powerful as well. So uh -huh. it's a bit of a legacy, but mostly she's just a shining. And so she gives more to the big hug. No, I'll be fine. Don't worry. You be careful and be nice to your partner. Mordred looks looks mm -hmm. at her as if to say, no? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we can take it she's a bit nicer than Mordred. And so she, she, she frowns and crosses her arms and looks at her and says, I will not give 100% unless you promise to also do the same and be nice to your partner. And Mordred says, fine, I'll see you at home. <laughs> and with that, turns and walks away. And with that, we see the lights go out, the doors raise, and just as the lights go out, we, the audience, but not any of the characters, of course, uh -huh. see Pryor just kind of nervously look around and then pop a pill of some kind. <sighs> and scene. That is where we'll leave episode one. Very good place to leave it. Thanks for listening to Shared Sagas. All music on the show is used under Creative Commons. Check the episode notes for full details.